Welcome to episode 263 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatney. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Adrian Schoen. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest today. Originally from Montreal, Gabrielle Samak is a pastry chef and curator of fabulous dinner parties in Toronto as part of the Food Dorks. We're going to hear more about that in a minute, but first... Before we carry on with the show, uh, we just, at the beginning of every, every episode, like to do a land acknowledgement. Um... So we're acknowledging the fact that the studio where we record is located on unceded Ganyangahaga territory um, within the so-called country of Canada. Um, as settlers, it's really important that we are paying attention to what's going on between our government and the Indigenous nations since we're living on their land. I'm sure most of you know at this point because I've been talking about it every episode, but right now the Canadian government is embroiled in a conflict with the Wet'suwet'en Nation in so-called British Columbia. And this has been ongoing since pretty much the beginning of the year. It's been violently escalated, but it's been a conflict since way before that. But um, to keep it short and sweet today, just make sure you guys are paying attention to what's happening. Mm-hmm. All eyes on Wet'suwet'en. Stand in solidarity with our Indigenous community members and make sure that you're not letting this just become a fad that we paid attention to for a little bit so that violence against Indigenous nations can continue to be swept under the rug in our country yeah 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 i was finding myself really frustrated earlier this week when um so there was this oil company i think in alberta that um put out internally this like gross sticker did you hear about this yeah yeah yeah. and uh and the rcmp was like there's nothing wrong with this even though it's pornographic content of an underaged minor yeah and and when i saw the rcmp said that about that and then are also you know doing everything they're they're doing with with Wet'suwet'en. I'm just kind of done with the RCMP at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you'll see a lot of, like, um, kind of statements on the internet that are basically just like, RCMP is the oil industry's private police, and Mm -hmm. it's becoming pretty evident that that's quite accurate. Yep. So. Yeah. Don't trust cops. Nope. Don't trust cops. (laughs) (laughs) You know who we can trust? Our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say our fabulous guest. Yeah. Gabrielle, how you doing? I'm great. I don't know how trustworthy I am, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh-oh. <laughs> you got a crime you want to confess to on air? Uh, not today. Okay. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> um, yeah, so so tell us about uh, the work that you're doing out in Toronto in the six. Yes, out here in the six. I moved here about four years ago to attend pastry school at George Brown College. And since then, I've worked as a line cook, a pastry chef, and done various um, this and that in the food, beverage, and hospitality industry. I recently started the Food Dorks, which uh, began as an as a as a blog for my own personal use. <laughs> yep, the Food Dorks, and uh, now I'm using it as a vehicle to uh, offer uh, curated um, meals. Uh, six to eight course meals for friends and family and other loved ones that sounds awesome yeah what um 
when you say you're curating, what do you mean by that? Like what, what kind of stuff are you doing? Well, I start with uh, some kind of theme. The first big one was the Roaring Twenties, so I decided to turn my house into a speakeasy. Uh, And because it was the 1920s, I had to serve 20s-style fare. So oysters, uh, steak dinner, uh, Waldorf salads, things that people tend not to eat these days because... In all honesty, they were pretty gross back then. Yeah, I, you we, know, I, I beg to differ. That's sort of my jam. Adrian was alive then. What, yes, I'm, what I'm that old. And jello salads? Well, the jello salads, I might. I thought that was more of a 60s is thing. That, is that what a Waldorf salad <laughs> is? I was going to ask. Thing. That's at the turn of the century. <laughs> and then in the 50s and 60s, with the ease of access to gelatin, powder gelatin. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a later. <laughs> um, and a Waldorf salad is not a jello salad. No, what, no, it's what delicious. What is it? <laughs> what is it? It's like, oh God, it's apples, walnuts, and celery, and grapes. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, I'm into that. In mayo. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. It depends on, I know I'm not you a mayo fan. Me, and then you lost. <laughs> but it depends on the proportions that you do it in, because it can be quite lovely. <laughs> Fair, and then it's with blue cheese. Oh, no. I don't eat blue cheese. <laughs> I respect it as a, as a cheese, but I didn't. Mm-mm, I'm good. Yeah, fair. It's not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're doing a, you know, it, it, say you're having a 20s themed dinner party and you've curated a whole menu of food that people would eat in the 20s, are you making it exactly as it would have been made in the 20s or are you tweaking it to be good? <laughs> Absolutely not. I put my own spin on everything because the recipes that I found for these kinds of foods back then involve a lot of um, like shortcuts. Mm. So adding things like condensed milk or again gelatin or prepared horseradish. And I'm just like, mm, do we really want to be eating these things? Probably not. And then on top of that, I try to source my ingredients as locally as possible. Um, and prepare a certain uh, a, a fairly high caliber of food. Hmm. So so no uh, putting mixes and uh, <laughs> uh, n- and no Jello. Well, and it's an interesting kind of uh, point that um, th- there's a really great book on cocktails called uh, Imbibe, and they talk about creating uh, oh, yeah, historical yeah ho- cocktails. And the, one of the things is you can use the recipe, but the ingredients aren't the same. Hmm. So, no, and they've definitely changed over time. Right. So, like, the amount of vermouth they're using, but it doesn't taste the same as it, the vermouth they had at the time. Or maraschino cherries are really different. Or the, the kind of – they're using giant blocks of ice and not, not kind of the things that we get out of the fridge. So the water content's different. So For sure. You can't the really – is different. Yeah, you can't follow a historical recipe and have the expectation be the same. Because the ingredients aren't no, the same. I think I don't think people want to be eating those kinds of things anymore either. Like, we, we, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I definitely don't want aspic salad. <laughs> There's a lot of Jello uh, hate happening tonight, and I just want to—I I do want to just say, Jello is not the worst thing in the world. And if you like I Jello, love Jell-O. I love Jello to wrestle in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a pudding fan myself. Mm, but, it's know. fair for eating or wrestling, <laughs> both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Superior in both cases. So, <laughs> so what's um. 
you, you mentioned this is this is something I find interesting. You mentioned uh, you try as much as possible to source things locally. How how do you find that goes? Um, it's it's interesting um, in Ontario because there's a really large farm to table movement happening over here. Hmm. Um, when I first got here, my first job as a line cook, fresh out of culinary uh, out of pastry school, was working. Uh, at a farm-to-table restaurant. So there's a group called 100 Kilometer Foods and they provide produce from farms that are within 100 kilometers of Toronto. Um, and because of the, 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 the agriculture here in Ontario, you can get a lot of really beautiful and interesting and varied produce. Um, so in the summertime, obviously, you have a lot more to work with. In the winter, you're kind of stuck with root vegetables, a lot of potatoes, a lot of onions. But um, the point is, is that it's there. You know, we have farmers markets here. We have uh, grocery stores that source uh, uniquely Ontario produce, um, and it's also fairly affordable if, a lot of the time. Um, and the truth is that the produce that you grow the closer to home just tastes so much better than something grown in a hot house in Central America. <laughs> Yeah, fair so enough. So it's it's very doable, and uh, I'm it's it's been a really nice change of, of uh, flavor and, and pace in terms of cooking. I do think yeah. there's something like you know we talk a lot about colonialism on this podcast, and like mm-hmm. I do think that that is a way. It, it it's a small way, but it is a way that you can sort of be intentional about like decolonizing food, almost if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Like. To to try and stick to things that you can get locally, kind of maybe maybe it's less about decolonizing and more about decapitalism. They both they go hand in hand, right? For sure, it's less decolonizing and more like decorporatizing your food, which I really like. Obviously, I don't want to support you know Monsanto and other large agro corporate groups because I don't I honestly don't know where those foods are coming from I don't know what kind of pesticides they're covered in and um, so my most recent work was at this restaurant called uh, Richmond Station and they are affiliated with a farm up in Cremore Ontario and they've really they really instill within their cooks a a desire to cook uh, locally um, eat locally support local business, support those mom-and-pop stores, uh, support farms, because the truth is that farms really do feed cities, and they're make, they're, they're pro- producing such good food, it makes no reason not to, not to enjoy it yourself, not to, not to, um, to support that sector. Hope, yeah. And that's if that answered your question, but. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Should we hop over to some ads and then? Uh, I guess yeah. so. Cool, 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 cool. Guys, this episode is brought to you in part by Chaos. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard us talk about Chaos. They're professional. (laughs) Yeah, with a K. (laughs) I was going to say this music is so delicate and like low energy that it doesn't feel chaotic enough. But that's true. (laughs) But that's okay, you know? It's picking up though. It is. Is that okay with a K? It's okay with a K. (laughs) (laughs) Guys. Chaos is offering radically reduced rates for their social media services as part of a limited time promo offer to help them with some case studies. 
what how radically reduced so so radically reduced it's 70 to 80 percent off the usual price that's pretty fucking radical it's it's very very cheap so if you've got uh, a project that you want to you know really put out there on social media and you've been looking for an excuse to revamp your brand's social media presence this is a good way to do it you can go to createchaos.com or hit them up on instagram at create chaos to find out more is that create with a k it's not create with a k but it is chaos with a k create with a c chaos with a k that's right (laughs) this episode is also brought to you in part by le coin de jouet in agrinale mall (laughs) this music does not fit a toy store but like go off do you like kids toys (laughs) puzzles board games figurines crafts stuffed animals or model cars how about D&D books cards dice and accessories if you're into any of that stuff which let's face it you probably are because you're a human being with a heart and a soul head down to Le Coin de Jouet in Agrinale Mall right away our listeners can get a 20% discount just tell them your favorite podcast sent you you can find them at 70 70- <laughs> Oh, I got so far. You almost made it. You're this is so like good. a requiem to a toy store. <laughs> God, for just 20 cents a day, you can you can find them at 7077 Boulevard Newman in LaSalle, Quebec. There's drums now. <laughs> or at Coin de Jouet on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, guys, go buy some toys. Go buy some toys. <laughs> Don't be sad about it. <laughs> And finally, welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. We've been getting a lot of sudden, seemingly random spikes in our listenership over the past couple of weeks, and that's really cool and validating. If you're listening for the first time today, welcome. Did you know that we get funding to produce this show almost entirely through donations from listeners like you? It's true, and you can be one of them if you want. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Jan, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. That is a Kendallin with a K. (laughs) How far are we going to take this bit today? (laughs) All the way, baby! Woo! (laughs) You'll get early access to bonus content with a C, little behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. Plus, if you give at least $5 a month, you get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show. (laughs) Someone else want to read the featured Patreon question? Yeah. (laughs) Today's featured Patreon question comes from Kendallin. With a K. K, Who asks, what is your favorite labor-intensive thing to make? I make homemade soft pretzels, and everyone asks why I do that when I could just buy them. Am I supposed to answer the question? Well, we're all going to answer it. You don't have to go first if you don't want to. (laughs) If you want to think about it for a minute, that's cool. So yeah, please. Uh, I'll say there's a, a recipe I, I quite like. It's very delicious. It's a, like a paleo, like Asian style fried rice uh, with cauliflower. Mm. It's super delicious. It takes me like over an hour to make and about five <laughs> minutes to eat, and I'm hungry after I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's Sounds funny. Great. I know that you're serious about this because this is not the first time. <laughs> on the show that you've mentioned this exact recipe it makes me so mad (laughs) it's so good but i'm never gonna make it because there's just no universe it's worth making can you send me the recipe sure (laughs) i believe it's on uh, nomnompaleo.com all right i'll check it out that's not a real website is it it is (laughs) oh that's great she makes a lot of really good things but uh, they they all take way too long (laughs) 
my uh, I my issue with this question is that I think that I don't do this very often because I'm kind of lazy uh, and not not really. I just um I have so much going on and I don't often prioritize like hand making stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll make dinner, I'll cook meals, but I won't necessarily go out of my way to make something super complicated, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I really I can't. Get it. You're like... super busy, man. <laughs> well, it's hard and... to. It's hard to do labor-intensive things when you're like raising kids when you're busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a little bit that, and it's a little bit that like all of the things that I like that are like complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just gonna order that from somewhere or or yeah, go out fair. and buy it. Yeah, and I do think <laughs> that there are times that things taste better because someone else did it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually should... the one doing it in that situation in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I everything I make could be bought, and I'm excessive about everything. <laughs> I make my own pasta sauce. I make my own pesto. I I like making things from scratch. I make my own bread. I eat bread like once a month, and I'm like, I just usually it's three in the morning, and I'm like, I want to make bread, and I start making bread at three in the morning, right. which is absurd because making bread is like a two to three hour process, but I do it. Um, yeah, so my whole life is just this. But I mean, sometimes you need your 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 midnight bread snack, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and like when I say whole life, I mean I'm not just talking about food. Like I make all my own like hair and face products too, because I'm just like blah, 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 why not? <laughs> Keeps me from watching TV. <laughs> I like a, a project, but mm. I need to be in the mood for a project. Right. Like it, it's more about like the execution of making a craft than mm. it is about like. I'm hungry, so I'm going to spend two hours making this thing that I will still be hungry after I'm finished. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, um, a thing that I've been getting back into recently is deep frying. Um, Oh, no. Like, I I made some really nice schnitzel a couple weeks ago. Oh, and I wasn't invited over for dinner. It was very spontaneous. I have a pretty spontaneous schedule. Is Fair all enough. I'm saying. I'll, I'll let you know next time because I make very good schnitzel. Thank you. And uh, I, while I was making that, spontaneously decided I was going to try to make mozzarella sticks for the first time. Oh, and yeah. it worked really well. Excellent. There were no pro- it, not I made two, so it was a really small sample size, but they both turned out <laughs> perfect. Okay, wait. Were they very big or just regular sized? They were maybe the size of a thumb. Okay. Yeah. My brain somehow just took the word mozzarella, and I imagined that you made cheese, which seems <laughs> crazy. But okay. now I'm realizing you oh. breaded cheese. Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I just realized what my biggest, most ridiculous thing I do is, is I make my own ricotta for no good reason. Um, Only when I want to make homemade tortellini. <laughs> yeah, but That's it's awesome. so much better than buying the store-bought stuff. It is. <laughs> and I always, so I can put better. lemon in it, and then I have lemon ricotta. Yeah, you can. Hell yeah. Uh, she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I've always been really intrigued by the idea of making your own cheese. Ricotta is honestly it's super awesome easy. Yeah. You think it's you just yeah, time-consuming. A lot of dairy. <laughs> yeah, and you need a lot of milk <laughs> yeah. or little yield. But that's yeah. why you get a cow, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> my future plan. Yeah. yeah, just put it on your porch. It'll be fine. Yeah, you guys have that sunroom there. Yeah. That's golden. Exactly the size Perfect. of a cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, I mean, that's that's the first step toward making everything local, right? Is to just grow it all yourself. And exactly. <laughs> my plan eventually. <laughs> Milk your own almonds, you know. Right? 
<laughs> I, I really thought you were going to say milk your own cow. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I said that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thirsty nut. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a resource heavy thing to grow. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, I think that I, uh, I think I, I've been trying to think of like things that I just make from scratch instead of buying them. And honestly, like I cook a lot of meals, but I don't go out of my way to like make stuff by hand. Yeah. You know? I think also for a lot of people, it just, it takes way too long because you don't, you, you haven't like been in the restaurant setting where you have like a million things to do and, you know, four hours to make them. So you don't, and you don't have that pressure which is kind of nice because it's nice not to feel like you know you have to get everything done in 20 minutes yeah right but also like to cook something in high quantities and in like a place that you have the the space and resources to to mass produce something is a lot less energy than it is for one person to produce something so oh definitely anytime i try to remake something that i made at work at home it takes like three times longer because I'm like oh I don't have a full stack of liter containers that I can you know Rod, tell me about it oh my god <laughs> there are things that are like unless you're really invested not really worth making at home right. like it just it's yeah. hard <laughs> yeah my ideal house just has an industrial kitchen that's mm. like yes. half the house yeah no, mine mine is my ideal house has an industrial kitchen, but it's also a backyard kitchen. Yes, like, I think we were talking about this before. <laughs> we might have been, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Guy Fieri has that. And <laughs> Is this not just a, a barbecue? <laughs> no, 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 no. you found like the brick pizza oven, yeah. you got the like giant fire pit that your huge walk goes on. There's you also have like a, a, a stove spit and to oven. like roast an entire lamb. Hell like, you got everything yeah. you need. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of barbecue yeah, is yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. hearing. <laughs> A whole, uh, like, I want a functional outdoor kitchen plus a pizza oven and a barbecue. And I feel like that is not unreasonable. <laughs> we'll work on finding you a sugar mama, daddy. Figure. <laughs> we'll make it happen. I'm taking applications. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gabrielle, you got a uh, labor-intensive thing you love to make? Uh, I really love making pasta. I find it really oh, therapeutic. Yes. Yeah. Just like roll, like making the dough, rolling it out, filling it with like really fun fillings, and then just watching it cook in you know less than two minutes. I don't have to wait you know ten to twelve minutes for my really dry, tasteless Dicheco pasta to cook. You know, and yeah, yeah. homemade pasta is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so good, and you can like get really eggs and really good flour and actually make it taste like something you want to serve to other people. Hell yeah, I will like yeah, have and a- yourself full pantry of like dried pasta and just be like nah I'm making my own <laughs> and my friends are like what yep. the fuck are you doing and I'm like trust me I put making like <laughs> I put fresh basil in the pasta you want oh, this yeah. it's better Thank my you. linguine noodles mm, they're full of dill you want that Killer. Ooh. <laughs> that's great I'll cook for you sometime Tom I will tell you, I, I did a work team building event once. Oh, uh, where they, sounds fun. They took us to a place to, to make pasta. Uh-huh. And I was told uh-huh. by the staff there that I was the only person who ever came in there and made little animals out of the dough. Oh, my God. <laughs> and of course you were. Of course I was. Of what, course okay, I did that. What kind of animals did you make? <laughs> little dog, little uh, little horse. <laughs> Cute. It's snake 
<laughs> my, my favorite pasta shape is the origami crane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at those, too. <laughs> yeah, you just big enough square and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, I thought you were serious for a little bit. And then I was no, like, I wait, do you actually make those? <laughs> actually made those. They Have were you? just for fun. Leftover pasta dough, and I was like, "I'm bored, so I'm gonna fold it into a crane." It didn't just and it like into... stuck together. Like it's held its form. It well, wasn't floppy. I didn't cook it. Oh, just, like get it. But there are parts of a paper crane where you have to like pop the paper apart. I would think that dough would just kind of smash together in a ball. It worked out really well because the dough dries like pretty fast at at, at room temp. So oh, you just like true. fold. It, that's it. Voila! You have a really lopsided. <laughs> That okay, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds about right. Interesting. I was picturing like a pristine fucking crane made out of pasta, and I was like, "Damn!" I'm not skilled yet. Give it like ten years for me to master this, and then I'll. Then you'll sell them at every Christmas fair across Ontario. Exactly. Watch out, guys. Look me up. Wait, it, I feel like if you made like like a ravioli that was like a paper crane like you stuffed the inside of it mm. it would definitely Whoa. be a lot of work but those would be fucking baller yeah i just I, okay first of all your dough to filling ratio is gonna be way off but it's gonna be a fucking oh. crane it's gonna be <laughs> instagrammable it's not gonna taste good <laughs> it'd be like one crane per person i'm surprised <laughs> that i'm like invested in this totally <laughs> <laughs> doable but when i was in fourth grade they made us make like a shit ton of paper cranes because we were uh. reading about hiroshima and then we were like making like a thousand paper cranes to send off to like a memorial in japan and I, so i made like a fuck ton of paper cranes i'm very good at them they trained me to do this as a child for reasons <laughs> uh. gonna have some marketable skills <laughs> transferable like you're good to go totally so i i don't know that much about pasta but i I really feel like i know a fuck ton about making paper crates i'll I'll, I'll let you know when i start this project i'll take your opinion under advisement (laughs) and i do Um. like to eat things same yeah Yeah. i'll make a road trip to toronto we'll figure it out we'll send you snapchat stories can i tell you a pasta story yeah, always. Yes. I'm always down for a pasta story. Please do. So I, I went to Per Se in New York, the mm-hmm. Thomas Keller restaurant. Oh, yeah. Fancy. Proper reaction. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I received this pasta dish, and uh, somehow they had uh, made like the exterior like shell of the pasta uh, one temperature. And then mm-hmm. filled it up with a, a an incredibly flavorful broth at a higher temperature than the mm-hmm. external uh, pasta. And then you would put it in your mouth and it would explode in, in a marvelous, beautiful thing. That's just a dumpling. No, I was about to say it's a soup dumpling. <laughs> yeah, but very, very small and like really like specifically made. And I looked to the person next to me and I said... I want you to try this because it's amazing, but I don't want you to have it because <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> All right, don't go out for dinner with Adrian. Noted. Oh, sorry. The the dough was one temperature. Like, was it room temperature, and the filling was hot? Yeah, like so. The the broth was 
it almost, makes total sense. Yeah, but I mean, like it was, it was a noticeable like disparity. It wasn't just that like the the pasta was uh, warmer because it hadn't absorbed the heat of the the thing. Like I think they'd been injected or something because it was almost like uh, I was I was thinking that maybe they did that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, uh, awesome. Is <laughs> why that meal cost me more than everything else. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Wow. But it was totally worth it. It was amazing. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Do you guys all, uh, do you soak your own beans instead of buying the canned ones? Sometimes. No, actually. I use an Instant Pot now. Mm. I've discovered the Instant Pot. You're in the cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the, it's, it's, guys, guys, it's amazing. It cuts down your bean prep from two days to like less than an hour. Wow. But, but there's no but pre-soaking. You just that's put them the right point. In. That is not no. the point. Where's the ritual? I want hummus. I want hummus today. I don't want hummus tomorrow. That's you should have thought of making hummus yesterday. What are you doing? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. You can make yogurt. You can. Uh, it's a whole thing. You can make yogurt it's wonderful. in the instant pot. Yeah, you can. You can. There's just, nothing you can't. Instant fermentation. I don't think that's. Yep. No, 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 no. It, it keeps it at the properly low temp to culture the the milk while it, so it's so that it, it's out of the danger. It's like out of the danger zone and you just, it, it cooks it essentially. The danger zone? The, <laughs> well, not important. Uh, you make yogurt, like some people in restaurant, I'll put it in a, in a sous vide, like a water bath that keeps it at a constant temperature, right? Mm-hmm. If you make it at home, you have to like boil it and you have to keep checking the temperature. You put it in the Instant Pot and it's like, I got this. I didn't realize we were sponsored by Instant Pot. No, this is, I don't I, I own one, but I, everybody I know who does will not shut up about it. <laughs> Are you keeping it when you move? Can I have it? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. People yeah. love the goddamn Instapot. Wow. But I, eh. here's a fun cooking hack. <laughs> Speaking of sous vide that somebody told me, uh, that mm-hmm. somebody said that the, the best way to make a steak at home is you sous vide mm-hmm. it, and then you hit yeah. it with a roofing torch. Huh. Whoa. I feel like any that's, torch that's would dark. suffice, but yeah. <laughs> <It's so dark. laughs> it gets very hot, though. Very quickly. That's true. I think the best way to cook a steak at home is to take it out to your backyard kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Grill it out there. Guy Fieri cook it for you. That's the Yeah, just move in with Guy Fieri, Tom. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) He won't return. Guy Fieri, if you're listening. (laughs) I don't don't think that's worth it, Tom. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. You wouldn't move in with Guy Fieri. No. Seems awful. Oh, no, no. I, I fear he genuinely seems like a good dude. Okay. <laughs> I think the only thing about Guy Fieri that's awful is his, his fashion. Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and probably his heartburn. <laughs> but that just comes with the territory, you know? I can't judge. I'm in the same boat. Um, okay. On I think that we, note. I think we answered Kendallin's question. I think, yeah? I think yeah. so. Um, I think we did that. This is so we're gonna move into the final segment of our show. This is where we uh, are gonna argue about what food is best uh, as part oh. of our Munch Madness food bracket. Um, so we're we're into an interesting territory now, where because we're uh, hitting rounds five and six today, these are gonna determine uh, who goes up against previous winners from rounds one mm-hmm. and two. Um, who were the previous winners? 
So Cake, chicken sandwiches, etc. Pasta. Yeah. So so the winner of uh, the first round that we're going to do today uh, will go up against chicken in the quarterfinals, and the winner of the second round we do today is going to go up against pasta in the quarterfinals. This is the most insane thing ever. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, so, do you, do sandwiches and cake go against each other then, or do they just get a free pass to finals? They'll they'll go against each other at some point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how this chart works. That's oh, fine. I'm keeping a bunch of the others' secret, secret surprise from you guys, so oh. you only have the rounds that have happened so far. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is chicken versus pizza? Thing? <laughs> just, just you know what? No comparison. It was all random. No, there was seating. Um, I did seating. I know you did a bad job. No, he did the best with what was given him. Yeah, I worked with what people gave me. Anyway, all right. Today's. Let's do round five, guys. Round five <clears> is <throat> cookies, brownies, and bars versus pies, tarts, crumbles, cobblers, etc. Cookies, brownies, bars. You're going cookies, brownies, bars. Cookies, brownies, um, bars. Pies, tarts, tr- uh, crumbles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that just to be contrarian? I am not. I really. I like. <laughs> I like pies and I like I, I like, like I love pie, but as a category, cookies, brownies, bars takes it. Takes mm. the cake. <laughs> I think because uh, like the fruit base and like the crusts are less sweet and I mm. tend to not be like a super sweet person. Mm-hmm. We're, we're dropping the icing. We're, we're dropping the nonsense. It's right. just down to fruit and oats and whatever. Sure, sure. <laughs> Gabrielle, do you want to break the tie? In terms of what I actually want to eat, like I love cookies i just i think i'm more of a pies tarts and crumble person myself mm-hmm. as a pastry chef you're kind of the authority here that's true <sighs> i mean <laughs> i just I, I i can eat ah good lord it's hard can i, right? can I posit um a point mm-hmm. <laughs> please earlier this week i made cheesecake apple crumble bars uh-huh. which uh. are a bar but incorporate apple crumble uh-huh. Uh-huh. so mm-hmm. the bar category gives you a lot of wiggle room into which you can incorporate other fruit-based desserts that's true eh, but a fruit-based bar I and i've made like apple not as good cookies. as a fruit-based crumble mm. it was pretty good <laughs> i'm not, I, I'm not criticizing a particular thing it's just a general category <laughs> I gotta say, like cookies, brownies, bars are much easier to make, but I am a I'm a diehard crust lover. Mm-hmm. I love Christy, some butter. Pastry chef. Unfair. <laughs> crust, graham crust, like all of that just makes me really happy. So I'm gonna say mm-hmm. pies, crumbles, and tarts. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm with you. Like cookies, cookies, and and co are wonderful and fun. <laughs> But as a person who tends to like things that are a little bit more savory, I think that like pies, etc., tend to lean that direction even when they're not trying to. Mm. Just by like when you, you when know. you when you bring like a box of cookies to someone's house for dinner, they're like, "Oh, thanks," but you bring a big ass pie, and they're like, "Oh my god, marry me." That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean, pies yeah. are delicious. Like, pies are delicious. All right, so we're giving it to pies, tarts, and crumbles. Yay! A, a, a good effort. Jeremiah. <laughs> Can't win them all. Um, I don't think I've won any of these, actually. <laughs> you were on Team Chicken. Oh, you're right. I was on Team Chicken. See, and that was a good group. Like oh, and I was on, on Team, team Sandwiches, etc. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this was a good grouping. Yeah. The, this was a good versus. Some of these 
group up really, really well with each other. This next one. This next one, on the other hand. (laughs) All right, round six. This next one is nonsense. (laughs) Round six is basil versus beef. What? (laughs) It's not my fault. It's the cedar. Wait. No, what, is, what was it actually? Basil versus beef? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> basil, beef, delicious. Are I fucking love basil, dumb. but this is not oh like God. a fair... <laughs> basil never stood a chance. No. no, it's a side character at best. It's you know lovely. What? I'm well, voting like... basil. Because <laughs> I can't. Beef. I actually prefer basil. Beef makes me feel kind of sick. I can't eat that much meat without feeling like crampy and unhappy after a while basil Can't put it on everything <laughs> but have you ever just eaten like you're enough basil now yeah <laughs> but like you've not eaten enough basil to make you feel sick i'm sure if you ate like a whole like five ounce compressed patty of, of just <laughs> basil Straight you would basil? not yeah. feel good I've, that's I've... called a jar of, of pesto and i have done that oh. <laughs> <laughs> delicious. no regrets no regrets. No regrets. No, none. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, um, this is a hard one for me because I think, like, I am a person who loves beef. Beef is my jam. Beef is, like, the ultimate for me. Are you spying on the no, later I'm rounds not. of the tournament bracket? <laughs> Why would you I scoundrel? do that? <laughs> um, I, I love beef. Beef is, like, There's very no important way that if somebody gave but, you the choice that you could never ever have beef again in your life or you could never ever have basil again in your actually life. i'd go with basil you i believe him i do not yeah no i uh <laughs> so they're meats i'll find a way around it i think i i think i would go beef like if only for that that mm. i would miss beef more yeah. but man this is a hard one for me just because basil is so good i do like basil it's the uh, what's can... his name uh tablowski well... Who? Uh, you know the guy who plays he- Stephen Tobolowski. Yes, I do know who you're talking yes. about. Uh, Basil Tobol- Stephen Tobolowski of of <laughs> foods. He's I a great side no player on. of a lot of things, and I, I I'm excited to see him every time he shows up. He's great, but I don't think he could be the lead in anything. No, <laughs> but like, there's nothing you can like replace Basil with that gives you like that same. Whereas, like, you can replace it with other meats and you're fine. I don't know. I don't know. I I tried. I don't know if I talked about this last week. I don't know if I would have. I finally tried the, like, uh, Beyond Burger (gasps) thing. Oh, what'd you think? You know, it is definitely the best plant-based meat substitute I've ever eaten. Yeah. But it's still a plant-based meat substitute. Yeah. Also, as someone who had to work with the raw meat... (laughs) Pulp, it's mm mm. No. Mm, you don't no. want to smell it raw. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, the vegan restaurant I worked at would buy like the patties, but we served like slider sized burgers. So oh, we would no. have to like mash them all together and then like form slider sized burgers. And it was sorry, what a, worse what than, about that smelled bad? It, it just it should it shouldn't be smelling like anything. <laughs> no, no, it has a very pungent smell. Ooh. A very really? strong smell. Yeah. That was Gross. just kinda like this is not it. Yeah. yeah. And you could, like, when it's raw, you can, like, see the little, like, I think it's, it looks like, like, coconut oil. Like, when you mix coconut oil up into something, you can see just, like, the oh, little, yeah. like, bits of, like, and I was like, 
Mm-mm. bits of like cold fat yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm yeah. just like uh-uh this ain't it all right it's so much more off-putting in vegan cooking than it is like with meat like when you have like a burger and you see the marbling you're like oh yeah this is great when you have like a dish that you've cooked and there's like a fat layer of fat on it after it's congealed in the fridge like it's fine yeah you see them like <laughs> vegan you're like this is so weird oh i, I know like i would have much rather have had my hands in a bowl full of actual beef than in like the yeah. beyond like honestly i would yeah. have well actual beef doesn't smell like anything no yeah no this not to ruin beyond beef for anybody but uh yeah i'm never Weird. eating it again yeah fair enough <laughs> i yeah i think i won't order it no <laughs> hmm? there's something like off-putting we need to know about this or mostly like, just the go- smell when it's raw like it's fine go okay. ahead eat it but like don't work with it raw if you can avoid it it's weird it's unsettling oh. it's unnatural oh yes <laughs> it's a really weird pink color oh my god oh, this shouldn't be this pink weird. okay <laughs> yep you're welcome <laughs> it does strike me as weird that it's pink before it's cooked yeah because it really doesn't need to be yeah but it is but i mean it, i don't know what's in it but it could be like beets and things are are very pink and mm. i mean there's a lot of things that are pink i, yeah. I don't i i i have no idea what i also like couldn't that. find the ingredients list anywhere on the box when we got it i was like i don't like that yeah and then we stopped using it like two months later and i was like suspicious <laughs> this has just been beef the whole time <laughs> uh, anyways okay. so beef did beef just win did I-, I voted basil you- she voted basil I, you know what camp I'm in. You voted beef. Tom, are you voting? Because be if you're time. not voting, then basil won. Wait, That's wait, a wait, huge wait. upset. <laughs> Gabrielle, did you vote basil or beef? I voted basil. Okay. I think basil I, just I, won. I, did you vote? I don't <laughs> get a vote. Tied. Oh, you don't vote. I, I weigh in. I weigh in, but I have to be impartial unless we have a five right, or three Gabrielle, person. just listen to me for one second. <laughs> <laughs> Because this is not not a, a rational decision. I, I would <laughs> you know, miss basil more. No, but I just I don't I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. Like yeah. I don't buy conventionally raised animal products at all because I just I, they don't taste good. And so like when you don't eat meat regularly anymore, you just like you 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 develop a taste for other things. And so like basil, for example, I love basil. I like to grow basil in the summer. It reminds me of summertime because we grow. Genevieve's basil out on our front lawn like it's it's I'm with wonderful you. you go out there and you pick it and you add it to everything and it's just just it's accept so it feet, nice. no no Th- accept this feet. isn't <laughs> accept it this isn't about not liking basil I love basil it is one of my favorite herbs <laughs> I'm just saying if you took out of the culture just like objectively like we're not asking the culture we're asking us okay i'm just i'm just saying to make these considerations like if one of these things were to be removed from your world there's so many herbs and there's so many nice ones and basil is one of my favorite uh, but uh, you can get like a peppery green like a arugula that's not the same no it's not the same but like there's what's the same as beef <laughs> we're Go talking about uh, decorporatization of the of the the food industry imagine if we removed industrial grade cow farms yeah ecologically yeah. I, but they're not the same <laughs> premise adrian, adrian just accept defeat it's not like a core <laughs> item of food it's it's a side accent piece that is amazing Love a little deep fried uh, uh, bits of basil. On this top is of a, a democracy. Tiger. We've voted. <laughs> I, I, it is, and I'm allowed to make my counter. <laughs> argument. Yeah, like 
you you almost you almost had me but no I'm I'm, I'm not budging on this one. Oh, this is this is going to be unpopular as a decision. Well, I was in team beef and then you're like which one would you miss more and I was like, "Oh, you're right, Adrian. Which one would I miss more? Yeah. I would miss Basil more." Wow. You're just <laughs> gloating cuz you you won one over me. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. Well, you know what? That'll make the next next time a little interesting because it's pasta versus basil because it'll yeah. be like basil oh. versus ice cream and somebody will be like what the fuck is this question uh, basil ice, cream ice cream lost in the first round but <laughs> you know what beef Again, versus ice cream interesting discussion sure oh mm. yeah that would be an interesting I one. see you've ruined it all <laughs> <laughs> well, that feels that feels like a good place for us to end <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. If you like this episode, please consider supporting us. I just thanked people generally, but I think what I specifically mean is thank you for listening. <laughs> thank, thank you, you. for being. Yeah, th- just just thank you. You know, people don't get thanked enough. Uh, if you like this episode, please consider thanking us for it by supporting us on Patreon, uh, buying some merch, or supporting us for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice and sharing the episode with a friend, maybe a friend who has strong opinions about beef and or basil. Uh, <laughs> basil beef, a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's. It, I I knew this one would be hard. No matter who won, I knew it was going to be a hard one. If you had different people in this room, it would not have been a difficult decision. <laughs> well, I, I the do, universe rolled the dice. This is what you got, baby. I, I do feel like both Kate and David would have gone beef. So this, this in really a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they ain't here. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. You can follow us on the social medias at Down With Talking and like our page on Facebook. Does anyone have anything to plug? Bearing in mind, this comes out on March 10th. Nope. Do your duty as a settler. Support indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. That's my forever and always plug. It's <laughs> a good plug. That, no. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. Gabrielle? I feel like following that with follow the food dorks on online and Instagram is like kind of uh... no 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 it's totally okay I do this to people every episode you're fine yeah no last week I had things to plug and it really took the wind out of my sails <laughs> sorry I'll save right. it for last next time well um, if you live in the greater Toronto area and you're interested in good food good friends good times please look me up on Instagram I am at Le food dorks is that Le like L E S Food dorks? Yes. Okay, cool. Yep. Sweet. The the food dorks was already taken. Oh. <laughs> I went on their page and there's nothing there and I am upset. <laughs> I hate when that happens. There was yeah. someone someone started another Up for Discussion podcast like two months into this show's run and he released what? three episodes and then he just disappeared forever. And I was like, Good. Apple. Good for you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Good cool. Yeah, well we'll uh I'll I'll make sure to directly send this to a couple of my Toronto friends so that they can uh hopefully check it out thanks so much yeah of course this was great thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me yeah thank you and uh, uh speaking of thank yous uh i want to give a special thanks to crackers and jam for letting us use the title track of their ep benson as our theme music and you can find all of their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com and this show was produced and edited by tom zalat and i for the upward That's network me. You can find out about all of our great shows at upforwardnetwork.com. Thanks again, Gabrielle. Thank you, Tom. Yes, I come to see you. I say now, Benson, Benson, Joe. Benson, 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 Benson,
in it. Oh shit, I don't know what say to you. Hi, yeah, um, I'm just gonna wash my hands here. Uh, I know what you're wondering, what are you doing in my bathroom? Well, this is very easy to explain. Hold hold on, let me, let me just blow dry my hair here. Uh, I'm here to tell you about Lasers on the Ride podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's a mix of comedy, uh, interviews, and the existential drama that only real life can bring. Now I'm gonna go take a shower. Goodbye. Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Upford Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, but with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey, Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing, pinkle media, bleeding hearts, guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways, you can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts, or visit us online at changingonthefly.podcast.wordpress.com.